Googs house. All right, it's time to talk things Big 12 and football. We got a football game this Friday. Say what? You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can lay us on Cougs in your news feed each and every day. And every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Uh, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's good to see you again. And yes, you did see me just stumble over my words for a second. That's like the third time we've done that, so we're just, we're just going to keep doing that. Um Welcome back to the YouTube channel again. Uh, we're giving something away every 250 subscribers. We're at about 9.15-ish. We're like 9.12, 9.13 as we're recording this here. Um, so remember, at 1,000, we're going to be giving something away. We're giving away, at this point, it's going to be a signed jersey by a player on the basketball team. It's made to be hung up. It's not actually like the authentic Jordan kind of stuff, but it is made to be hung up and signed by a player of the University of Houston basketball team. Uh, so make sure make sure we give them away at 1,000. So to be entered, you'll be liking each and every video. Hit that like button and commenting down below. After talking about Houston Cougar football, spring ball, and baseball today, you have nothing else to say up with the Cougs. Tell us down below, back in the day when not – Every search engine, or everyone had different search engines. Which one did you use? I was an Ask Jeeves guy myself. All right. Now, the orchestration of today is going to be kind of simple. We're going to talk some about uh, some comments that head coach Dana Holgerson made about the football program on CBS Sports Radio on Monday. Uh, he does have a media availability on Tuesday after recording this episode, right? So, like, you might have heard more about uh, that and more from him later. Uh, we're then going to jump into some stuff talking spring football game and kind of some letdowns about the spring football game, for being completely honest. And then in the third and final segment, we're going to do a quick hitter on baseball. No pun intended, but a quick hitter on baseball because, uh, frankly, before since the ending of the last recording, I should say, the last ending, last recording ended beforehand, uh, some stuff happened in baseball in a good way. The program. All right. First, I want to point out that uh, Daniel Holgerson got to speak to CBS Radio because the Final Four is in Houston. Then he's also extra sports media is in Houston. And Dana is kind of a fun guy to talk to, or at least other people seem to think so. I think there's a lot of people on message boards and Twitter that have problems with uh, Dana Holgerson. He's kind of fun to listen to sometimes um, if he's not like running a program and and going eight and five. Uh, and now I will say that admittedly, like when things are when he's twelve and two, he's a little bit more charming. Um, I, I listened to that radio talk uh, through and through twice, once uh, like right after it came out, and then a second time trying to take notes uh, to see how things went. Um, and I have to say that the candor of Dana was kind of nice and relaxed in like, the best way possible. And I think that was, um, you know, he said some things that Houston Cougar fans really, really resonated with. Before I get to the meat and potatoes of it, I will say that um, he spoke some to the radio team about Clayton Toon, about how, you know, he kind of, pushed them back some when they asked, said something about like how is Clayton Toon going to get drafted after a disappointing season like he didn't have a disappointing season we went eight and five but Clayton Toon played fine and pointed out a bunch of statistical measures as also point out like he was clutch and led game-winning drives in several of those close games and frankly was not on didn't get a chance to come back in a couple other close games because the other teams drove down the field and scored on Houston right um he also praised him as a young person, talked about like families being close and yada, yada, yada. Really cool to see Cl uh, Coach Holgerson stick up for Clayton. Also worth pointing out, like 
that's the kind of thing young men listen to and think, hey, I can go play for that guy, right? Like that that big picture is a big thing. Similarly, he spoke in just as glowing a manner about his uh, quarterback at West Virginia, Geno Smith. Um, you could kind of see his face light up when they asked him what he thought about Geno's year in the NFL this season. Um, he immediately lit up and jumped into the, they wrote him off and he didn't write back quotes. Um, really, really cool moment for him. Um, they asked him something about next season. He mentioned, you know, they started like bypassing trade to the TCU game. He goes, no, no, UTSA is a good program. They're 24 and four in the last two years. Like that's a good football team. Um, but the, I think the big headliner uh, was kind of twofold. One was a little tidbit about recruiting. Uh, and I think that at least offers some interesting insight. And the other was an interesting thing he said about the Big 12. He actually opened the radio segment with the Big 12 piece. So I'm, I'm working a little backwards here. But the recruiting thing I thought was short, sweet, and to the point. But really, really interesting when people talk about what this program looks like. Because Houston gets ranked on their high school recruiting stuff in like the 50s on most recruiting sites as far as their class 2023 goes. But if you look at it, like what they have, everyone that they, that they have coming in is either a three or four star, basically, right? There's like it's a 16 person class, a 17 person class, and 16 of them are three or four star recruits. And so everyone's like, "Oh, Houston, they had such a bad. That's in the 2023 class. We need to go into the Big 12." And, and like, admittedly, it'd be nice to have a bunch of five stars, right? Like, that, I'm not saying that that's not true. Those guys exist in the city of Houston. They didn't come to the University of Houston necessarily. Um, but he pointed out that his recruiting strategy in the modern landscape is it kind of do half and half high school kids and uh, transfer kids, especially when you're moving into a new conference like big 12, you want big 12 caliber kids. Um, and he says there are good high school kids in Texas, but it's still half of his recruiting feels like free agency. He mentioned he's going to dinner with recruits that are in the portal legally, right? Cause they're in the portal. So he can go talk to them every other night for like, he did the night before the interview and then, like, the next six weeks. Like, this is a continuing process for Dana and company. And worth pointing out, too, that, like, that's an interesting way to go about it. I think people look at the high school recruiting sites like, why aren't we getting all these kids from the city of Houston? And they did offer a bunch of five-star kids. But they're also looking for a bunch of kids around the around the league, around the college football, that are looking to get into new places. Speaking of getting into new places like the Big 12, the most inflammatory and biggest comments I thought – um, out of Dana, and and it wasn't like incendiary, like you're gonna like you know hear about this all over the world. But he was quick to point out kind of the same thing a lot of other people have pointed out about Houston moving into the Big Twelve is like it's kind of thirty years too late on the conference part in a lot of ways. And it's nice to be moving, and it's nice to finally get there. Um, you know, wish we could overlap with uh, UT Austin and Oklahoma a little bit more, but and and AM at all would be nice, right? Um, but on the whole. He goes back to 30 years ago when they created the Big 12 and Houston was left out. And he very bluntly put that the reasons for that were things like Five Slam Ajama, Andre Ware, David Klingler, Carl Lewis, like athletes, historic level athletes coming through Houston. Houston creates the veer, right? Like things that happen at Houston that were not happening elsewhere. You also, and I would add to Dana, what Dana said here, had recruiting ground in Houston and big money donors in Houston and big 12 people saying, we don't need them getting involved with what we're doing. Right. Um, Dana was blunt to point out that this was a Texas and Texas A&M led endeavor. Right. And that like, they didn't want to compete and deal with what Houston could be doing if they were brought into the fold in this major conference. So Houston got left out 30 years ago. And so you've seen the explosion of money in college athletics over that 30 year period. And Houston, unlike UT Austin, unlike Texas A&M, unlike Oklahoma, unlike Oklahoma State, heck, even unlike Baylor, Houston got left out in a way that 
other Power 5 schools did when that Power 5 conference got created. And they didn't get the big TV money contracts. They didn't get all those kind of deals. That means they didn't get facilities. That means they didn't get the recruits. That means they didn't get the wins. I mean, they get the facilities. All those kind of things played out and spiraled over the course of 30 years. And Dana, when asked about when those kinds of things start to change, actually took it back to, I'm sorry, I'm also watching the men's final game, the national championship on the like second screen here. So like if my eyes are looking one way, sorry. Um, He went back to 2008 and talked some about like, you know, President Couture, Rhodes, uh, Sumlin, and himself all got there in that same window um, in 2008, some like right before the school year for different reasons. And obviously they got there in the spring football or whatever uh, before. But um, And around that time, the university started to make this change and shift in direction. And here we are 15 years later. We went from Conference USA. Now we're looking at the Big 12 and looking to make noise in it, right? Like that's, that's the shift in the program. And frankly, that took some intention that took steps and like it wasn't a quick switch. Hey, we're just going to go sign up and jump in. Right. Um, And it also points to like, you know, it's not over. Like it just because you jumped in the Big 12 does not mean like, okay, now our power program and everything should be going away. Like there are steps to be taken. Um, I want to talk some of those steps in the second segment um, and I'll I'll get to them, I promise. But I also want to go to like when asked more about like, well, you know, you made, they did make this big jump and what makes you unique to take this on or whatever. He talked about like his experience at tech in Oklahoma state and West Virginia as like a program manager are really, really valuable because he knows what a big 12 program is supposed to be like. He knows what a big 12 program is supposed to look like. He knows what a big 12 facility is supposed to look like. He knows what big 12 recruits look like. However, he was also quick to point out that like when it's, you know, third and long against TCU third game of the season, next season, being a former head coach at other big 12 schools like West Virginia or like the positional coaches, he was at uh, Oklahoma state and tech or whatever, like that didn't really help him make that call. He's got to make the call case he has on the field. Right. So like it kind of goes both ways. It does help. And it also doesn't help. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the, it doesn't, doesn't help might rub some people the wrong way out of Dana, which, you know, things Dana says typically tend to. Um, but I will say that I, I appreciate the honesty out of it. I, I thought that he approached it head on. He mentioned the things that Houston does well. He also was historically accurate, as I see it, in reasons that Houston was left out of moving to the Big 12. I mean, it's no secret that Houston and SMU, having been in this conference with all these other schools from the Southwest Conference days, didn't get moved in the Big 12 because they're big city schools with big donor programs. And frankly, Houston had multiple sports involved, like he points out, where SMU had the Pony Access football, blah, 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 right? Like the idea that. Houston didn't get to make that jump. It was entirely because Texas and A&M and also Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, like they didn't want to deal with the big city programs and they didn't want to deal with big city donors and the, the potential like growth out of those programs that were combative. Um, I also feel like, frankly, when Houston wins the Big 12 Conference Football, which I am confident does happen someday. I don't, I don't know if it happens in 2023. Um, I'd like it to happen in 2023, but I... I I'm not putting money on, I'm putting my house on it. Right. Um, I will say that whenever that does happen, there's a great 30 for 30 style documentary made to be made about all that. Right. I'm about what donors are saying, what behind closed doors, what handshakes got made, what handshakes didn't get made, all that kind of stuff I think would make for a great, great documentary. And frankly, to Dana's credit, it's kind of what everyone in Houston has been saying since move got announced, whatever that was a couple years ago. And, 
ever since that move got announced, everyone's been like, we should have been here the whole time. And some people are, you know, the discussions now become how to win the Big 12 Conference and what does it take to win the Big 12 Conference? And, oh, well, we we did it with, you know, we competed with all those guys back in the Southwest Conference days. We can do it again. Or they'll talk to, you know, incredible performances out of Samson's uh, basketball program. Like, see, every program can do this with American Athletic Conference size resident. And, like, it doesn't actually all work out quite like that. Um, but I do think it's interesting to see like the excitement is there. The expectations are also, and like where Dana fits into like helping build the excitement. Does he also help himself out by meeting the expectations? Um, he pointed out though, that that big gap did lead to some big gap. The big time gap did lead to some big financial gaps and otherwise. And I'll talk some about what the impact of that might be in a very real, like visible sense this week in a moment. But first, I want to talk some also about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is the best protein bar out there. It is 17, around 17 grams of protein per bar, depending on which flavor you're going with, obviously. Uh, it's low in sugar, low in carbs, super high in protein, just 140 calories for most bars. And it's covered in real chocolate. I'm, t- I'm serious. It's real chocolate. So make sure you go find a box of Built Bars wherever you get your protein bars. Um my personal favorite, I'm going to say again, is the coconut almond. Coconut almond tastes a lot like an almond joy. I have a little bit of sweet tooth when it comes to almond joys. I like like the chocolate nut aspect, like the idea of, uh, you know, uh, peanut butter and chocolate, whatever. Like that's kind of where I go and that's kind of where I lean into. I also say that my wife loves the puffs. The puffs have like this marshmallowy interior. Same kind of macro, same kind of flavor, same kind of real 100% chocolate on the outside. And I'm telling you to go get these Built Bars at Built.com or at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. They have them in the pharmacy section. You get a four-bar box at Walmart. Like I think they got the big 12 and 13-bar box, 12 or 13, which it was. I don't have to go to Sam's Club. I go to Walmart. But that's where you can get them in person as well. Again, go get Built Bars at Built.com or your local Walmart or Sam's Club today. Make sure you get a box of Built. All right. So I mentioned that uh, Dana pointed out this big gap being made in athletics because you saw Houston get le- left out and all these other programs moved in this, you know, big TV contracts. And that simultaneously happened with the growth of sports. I mean, this is happening at the same time as sports marketing commercials and the Nikes of the world gets involved and the tournament blows up on TV in a way that it hadn't before. Like, the tournament goes, I mean, all 64 uh, teams are televised and conference tournaments end up becoming big deals in TV and basketball, conference championship games and football, the BCS and all, all of those things happen while Houston's left out. And what that's led to is um, less revenue for things like facilities and less revenue for things like in-game experience for fans and less revenue for things like creating a football program that matches what Houston is capable of doing just by staying in and being the university of a city like Houston. Um, And I think one noticeable way you look at that is frankly, the spring football game. We're talking about this Friday, right? This Friday, Houston will play the spring football game. uh, Depending on what publication you're looking at, it might be a different time. Some say six, some say six 30. The original thing back in the, when the practice schedule first came out said seven, I'd say get there for six and have a a soda pop or whatever while you're waiting around. Um, But, I, that's all happening this Friday. There's not been a whole lot of fanfare about it. I mean, I, honestly, there have been three different advertised times for it. There's not been a whole lot of fanfare about the game. And some people go to Dana for that. And I think there's probably some portion of the blame that goes there. 
but it's also indicative of this athletics department that is typically operated in a smaller conference moving into a power five conference you don't get to just do things like yeah we'll play the spring football game on friday whatever time we play it at like no if you have a spring football game as a power five school people are going to want to watch it they're going to want to come they're going to be there in person they're going to be there on time early and stay late be loud and frankly as a money maker they're going to want to buy tickets they're going to want to buy pops they're going to want to buy popcorns going to be all those kinds of things right i just said pops Something really is wrong. Maybe I got a headache. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I also think it's interesting that Houston does not have their spring football game televised anyway. Now, it is a local public school. I don't mean to say that it's not. But I counted in a quick count across uh, conferences on a couple different sites I was pulling up. 31 other major programs are having their spring game televised on some form of television now i'm including the espn plus the world and doing that admittedly um but in the big 10 you have seven schools michigan illinois nebraska maryland rutgers Ohio state uh, minnesota all playing their games on the big 10 network okay makes sense big 10 network they space their games out accordingly right they have to fit into the tv schedule the games are on the big 10 network penn state is also playing their game on like the Penn State TV station, right? Um, you know, kind of like they have their own school network in the region or whatever, right? Um, Baylor, uh, TCU, and Oklahoma are all in the conference Houston's playing in next season and playing their spring games on ESPN Plus. BYU will be playing theirs on BYU TV, right? So, like, you know, the big local network there in uh, Greater Salt Lake City area. Um, Texas, Austin will be playing theirs on the Longhorn Network, right? Um, the Pac-12, you've got three schools playing on the Pac-12 Network, Cal, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, Colorado, most notably here, is playing theirs on the real deal ESPN, not ESPN+, Plus, not ESPN2, ESPN, the Deion Sanders effect, right? Uh, the ACC has a couple different uh, – the NC State's playing on ESPN+, Plus, but Boston College, Miami, Clemson, Pitt, Virginia, Syracuse – are all playing on, uh, sorry, North Carolina, uh, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest are all playing on the ACC network, right? Um, again, that's accessible wherever you are in the country. You can pull up your laptop, log in and watch. You can put on your devices, whatever you want, right? The SEC, right, has eight schools that are simultaneously playing their stuff on ESPN Plus and the SEC network. So if you're a digital person watching it online or if you have the big sports package with the SEC network, you can watch it both ways. Georgia has their game televised on ESPN2. That's the perks of winning a natty, I guess. And then uh, notable here to me, uh, Marshall is playing their spring game on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Notre Dame is playing theirs on Peacock. They got a deal there, right? Um, USF from our American Athletic Conference is also playing on ESPN+. Plus. And then Georgia Southern is playing on ESPN+. Plus. And those are schools with much smaller athletic departments and budgets you would think in the University of Houston, finding ways to get their program on television. Now, again, a lot of people want to go to Dana on this, and Dana, 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 Dana. There's plenty of things to be upset with Dana about. I think this is bigger and deeper, right? I think this is a bigger athletic department thing. I don't think I think Dana's going to play whatever degree of spring football game he's going to want to play, whether it's a half scrimmage, playing a live quarter, uh, you know, you know, set plays, whatever, right? Um, he would do that. And I don't think he, he doesn't strike me as a kind of guy that cares a whole lot about who's in the stadium watching, right? He's going to do what he's going to do. And that's it. Um, 
but why is no one trying to get this program on television? Right? We have a quarterback battle happening. Like a quarterback battle that we'll be detailing some tomorrow and I, the stuff we know about it tomorrow. Um, but everyone wants to watch this. They don't know who's taking snaps next fall. Right? Everyone wants to see who the potential options are and they want to see who their options are before the summertime happens because they don't like their option. They want to go get a transfer. Right? Like, like those things are things fans and people close to the program want to see and they're making you go do it in person and also not actually telling you what time it starts. That seems not the, like the best. That seems like not the best way to do this. Right. Um, I, I say that to say that I was shocked to see how small some of the schools with their games televised, even digitally are. And I also have to say um, that I don't get, even if none, right, even if USF and March, even those schools didn't have it, even if it was just T- in the big 12, just TCU, Baylor, uh, Oklahoma, BYU, and Texas and the Longhorn Network. I still think Houston needs to get put into that category, right? It's got the big city. It's got the big vibe. It's the new thing in town. And also for what it's worth, like Dana Holgerson's offense is fun to watch. That's why people across the country have a bigger obsession with Dana than I think many people realize. And I also feel like there's something about the quarterback battle that makes for natural drama on television and they're not doing anything with it. I think it's a missed opportunity. I can't believe it's not happening. Um, yeah, I just I don't get the rationale behind not doing it. I understand that it would cost the TV crews and all that would cost money. But being in the Big 12, while you will make money, costs money. Scared money don't make done. You have to have the money involved to get the product out of it, right? Um, rant over... But that was frustrating to see. It's also frustrating to see because um, it was the kind of thing I thought we'd, I thought we'd fix moving to Big Twelve, right? Just just point blank, I thought we'd fix it by going to the Big Twelve. You see, other schools will do their spring football game, and then when basketball season starts next year, they'll also do their midnight practice, right? Like anyway, not unheard of to see these kinds of things happen, but it's not happening yet at Houston. Um, in the third segment, I said I want to talk some about baseball results over the weekend. So let's jump on in to those results. Um, Houston did, in the series, beat East Carolina 2-1. to one. On Friday, they won 5-4 to four in 10 innings. Uh, on Saturday, they lost 4-5. to five. And then on Sunday, again, after I was done recording, um, they won 6-4. to four. Now, I think that's important, as we talked about in the baseball program at our preview or like kind of like catch-up session last week with Starnes, um, cause now Houston sits at 14 and 14, right? 500 on the season, but more importantly, two and one in conference and conference that you probably have to win to have a real chance to make it to the regionals and so on. Um, I want to do some couple shout outs. One, obviously the first one, uh, um, the first shout I think we probably need to go with is that Nickens had to walk off in the, in the opener of the series in the 10th inning, um, continues his hot play, was player of the week in the conference week before, had the five hormones and a single week we talked about beforehand, continues, he was two for two in the game um, and batted around uh, Lopez to win the game on Friday. On Saturday, the, Houston did lose, but scored four runs. Um, and frankly, in scoring their runs, scored two of them late in what felt like, oh, is this eighth inning going to be kind of like the magical inning where Houston comes back and goes up 2-0 in the series? Uh, did not, obviously. But valiant effort down the stretch there added the Houston Cougars. And then on Sunday, in a fun, fun game, Houston goes up 3-0 early. Zach Arnold homers to the left. It feels like things are working well. Things are great. 
in the fifth inning, right? And then things look like they might have fallen apart when by the end of the seventh inning, or by the, sorry, top half of the seventh inning, um, East Carolina looked like they were back to being that, like, nationally ranked powerhouse, an eighth-ranked team in the country, um, and up four to three. And, like, if they win the series, they get out two to one. They're feeling okay about themselves. Until, bottom the left, uh, we had a home run, uh, three-run home run, uh, to kind of seal the deal there. Um, again, I don't mean to say that weren't any intense moments out of the after the seventh inning, but I will say that that's a fun thing to keep track of. Houston Cooker baseball, folks, it is happening. Um, also, again, back at five hundred, they play Rice. I guess so. You're listening to this on Tuesday. They're playing Rice Tuesday night at home. So go down in third ward, cheer them on. Then they have a road trip this weekend at Wichita State. Um, you know, road trip this weekend after the final four after the NCAA tournament. It's probably why the spring game is also Friday, right? Um, but cheer them on from afar at Wichita State. The games will be on ESPN Plus if that's your jam. And then they'll be back next week. I believe it's Tuesday of next week. Uh, yeah, Tuesday of next week to have Sam Houston at home before a homestand with South Florida next weekend. All right, so lots of baseball on the horizon and some very winnable games for them as they continue to make their trek hopefully towards getting to a regional, and then we'll worry about Omaha and all that stuff down the line later. We're doing all that worrying, though, here at Locked on Coops. Make sure you subscribe down below and follow me at paintworth 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of the various social media handles. We'll be happy to talk all things Cougs, football, basketball, baseball. We're going to get in some softball maybe after the spring game. We'll see, but we need to get there because they are playing with uh, playing sports as well, the spring sports kind of phenomenon stuff going on. Spring sports fitting in the show is kind of hard. It's primarily a football and basketball show for a number of different reasons, but uh, all those kinds of things to get in too. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Cougs today and making us your first listen today. If you're looking for a second listen, the game is not over, but I am watching the national championship in college basketball. And I can already tell you that in the, mo- that in the morning when this is over, I'm going to be listening to Locked on College Basketball. They're going to be wrapping it up and telling me, all these crazy details I missed while I was kind of double screening here, looking back and forth. So make sure you go listen to Locked On College Basketball. Indy and I did a great job, year-long college basketball show. And it's not over when college basketball season's over either. So go make sure you listen to them, subscribe as well. Thank you all so much for listening to Locked On Cougs. Locked On Cougs is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.